What if I told you there's a way you could be a second shooter at a family session so you can see exactly how the photographer prepares, how they interact with their clients, what they say when they're posing, or when they choose to use fluid motion, what they do when kids might not cooperate or dad might not be in the session. What if I told you there's a way you can see what the gear is that they're using, where they're positioning themselves when they're shooting, what factors they're taking into consideration when they're shooting, what if I told you there was a way you could see what their straight out of camera images look like, and then you could see their editing process too, so you know exactly how they get those start to finish images and those polished ones you see in your Instagram feed. Now what if I told you you could be that second shooter without ever having to leave your house? What if I told you that not only do you get to watch it from home, but you didn't have to remember every single thing you were trying to learn the first time you watched it? What if you could watch and rewatch as much as you wanted? How would that improve your images, your posing, your confidence? Now, what if I told you there is a way you could be a second shooter, not only for one photographer, but 26. That's exactly what you'll experience inside the 2024 online family retreat. Your inspiration will soar, your art will improve, your posing will become more fluid, and your confidence is going to increase so, so much. And honestly, your clients are going to feel so much more comfortable. Head on over to themilkyway.ca slash family retreat. It all gets underway May 29th, and we hope to see you there. The problem I see again is photographers, like a lot of people, tend to be very linear in their thinking. And when they start a story, they start from the beginning. And that's not usually the most interesting part. So when we're talking about stories, I encourage them to write out their story and then I'll look for it and immediately somewhere I'll be like, here's the story right here, don't you see it? And then when I point it out, they go, oh! and it's almost somewhere right in the middle because that's when you're getting to the part where you've taken the beginning and the end and you've condensed it into this meaty little gorgeous paragraph that tells the whole story without the top and the bottom. And that's really the art of storytelling, especially when you're talking about copy. Welcome to the Art and Soul Show, where we dive into heart-opening chats on photography, business, life, and that messy in-between. I'm your host, Lisa DeJaso, a mom, a photographer, and entrepreneur. And I'll be sharing honest conversations and advice for photographers with insight on mindset, entrepreneurship, and creativity. The goal of this podcast is for you to be able to gain insights and strategies that will get you real results. Because let's face it, having a photography business can be lonely, but it doesn't have to be. This is the place you can go when you need a boost of encouragement, a kick in the pants, and inspiration to pick up your camera. This is the Art and Soul Show. She hung up her camera in 2016 after a 20-year career as a wedding photographer, vowing to never eat saucy chicken again on a Saturday. But she can write to your audience in a way you wish you could. Welcome back to the Art and Soul Show, friends. I'm super excited to have Kim Anderson on today. She's the powerhouse behind Red Curl Creative and Write Better Words. She helps photographers just like me and you find the words that will connect with your dream clients and convert them into bookings. She helps photographers with web copy, blogging, emails, and anywhere they need. Going beyond the typical about me page that, let's admit it, is usually about yoga and a love for coffee. She helps you tap into what makes you uniquely you and helps you express it. 
Kimberly came into my world when she shared some really, really valuable content for free about communicating with your clients in the COVID-19 times. And I knew I just had to bring her on the show. If you have read her copy, you will know she's super funny, down to earth, and passionate about helping photographers connect. I can't wait to dive in. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. I am so excited to welcome Kim Anderson to the show today. Welcome. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm so thrilled to have you. So can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're passionate about? Sure. So I am a copywriter. I guess that's the official title of what I do. But I was a wedding photographer for 20 years. 20 years. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And in 2016, I decided, yeah, I just, I needed to think of a way out because I knew I didn't want to be shooting weddings when I was like 65 or 70. And so I kind of went back to my first love, which was writing. And it just felt natural to write things for people who are in the wedding industry. Um, so mostly I write for photographers, wedding planners, DJs, anyone who's kind of been involved with either photography or the wedding industry. So that's kind of what I'm passionate. I'm passionate about helping them uh, with words and and also helping them find out that they're really not as bad a writers as they think. So helping them write their own stuff too. I love that. Now, were you much of a writer when you were a kid? Like, were you like all A's in English? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't ask me about math though. Like I can't, I can't even do the three times tables without my fingers. So yeah, I always have, have loved writing and English. And I was also that geek that loved, you know, speech class. So that was always my thing. I love it. Well, you're preaching to the choir because I was that girl that was in drama and uh, yeah, failed math. I failed math 11 four times. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I when I was in college, I had to take math 50 twice. We're not even talking 101. <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, you should have learned this in eighth grade." So, yeah, we all have our talents, right? I mean, we all right brain, have our left talents. brain. Yeah. Totally. Now I'm going to dive right into talking about copy because I think copy is such a thing that people really get tripped up on. And so why do you think good copy matters going just beyond pretty pictures for photographers? Especially for for photographers, they tend to get so hung up on the photos. And it's not that everyone doesn't want to see your beautiful photos. We do. We absolutely do. But the words are important um, for two reasons. First of all, because they connect you with your ideal client, right? Like we all want to work with our bestie clients, the people who um, we've worked with and just really enjoyed working with. So that's the main reason. The other reason is our friend Google. Uh, Google is your friend. And if you don't give Google words, Google doesn't know what to do with your website. So it's kind of a tandem thing between the SEO that they need for the words and then attracting customers. Now, you mentioned ideal client, and that's one area I'd like to dive into a little bit more. So why do you think that knowing your target market or your ideal client or even who you want to serve is so important when crafting your copy? It's probably the most important thing. And it's something that is surprises people when I work with them on it because it's the thing we work on the hardest and the most. It's what I call the woo-woo part of, of writing where you really have to get in touch with who you are writing to. It's not just about your voice and your stories. I mean, that's part of it. But if you don't know who you want to write to, you're writing to everyone, right? It's kind of like the photographer who, when I say, you know, who do you want to hire you? And they say, anyone who's getting married. 
And I'm like, wrong answer. You don't want everyone who's getting married. You want the people who, you know, like your vision, trust you, have the budget. Like there's so many different layers to it. So just like that with copy, there's different layers that you need to uncover in your own brain before you can start to get it out on paper. I know that I personally, like I, I started with a niche. I started with just um, maternity and newborn when my son was first born years ago. And then I sort of expanded over the years to include all the other things. And when I stepped away from having a niche, it really made things a lot more confusing about who my target market really was. So I think that having the power of having a niche is really important. Can you can you talk a little bit more on that? Sure. Uh, that was something I struggled with a lot too when I switched to copywriting. Um, it, which is so dumb in some ways, because when I was a wedding photographer, I was a wedding photographer. Like I decided pretty early on, I did exactly one boudoir session. And then I said, nope. And God bless you people who do that and do it well. I just, I just, it wasn't for me. And I just admire people who do it. Um, I love babies, but not so much taking pictures. So I was very defined as a photographer, what I was doing. When I decided to be a copywriter, for some reason that didn't translate for probably the first year. And I spent the first year writing pretty much for anyone who would hire me. And I had this, my very first gig was writing about mold. And I wrote, oh. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I wrote 24 blogs a month about mold for almost two years. Oh I, I did the math one time. It's like 500 and some. And all about mold, mold remediation. I know all about mold. And every month when I turned in those 24 articles, they couldn't sound like any of the other 24 articles I had written the month before. But that did teach me a couple things. It taught me how to write really quickly, say things different ways. And it also taught me that niching is what you need to do if you want to be happy, because I was pretty miserable writing about mold after a few months, even though the money was not bad in terms of beginning copywriter. So even if, you know, even if you do, say you do seniors, families and weddings, that's, that's fine. That's still a niche. You know, they all have different things in them. But when you start saying things like, I think I'll start offering commercial photography. And then, I mean, then you're just layering and layering and layering. And when I work with clients like that, we really have to work hard because they have so many different people they're talking to. So we almost have to do different copy analysis for each part of their business. And that can be overwhelming. Absolutely. Absolutely. I know for me, it's come to like when you mentioned maybe areas that you don't enjoy, I've kind of really had that come to Jesus moment where I'm like, you know what? I don't really enjoy doing family photography anymore. Mm -hmm. And so I know that we had talked a little bit because I know you've got a new course that you're creating and coming out. And I'm like, I don't even know who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> so I'm kind of just going through that myself of just kind of doing that deep dive yeah. into what I actually want to do that brings me joy. So right. um, I think that it's just having some some intention behind creating your copy is so, so important instead of just being surface level. For sure. You have to dig into that because otherwise your message is so fractured and so is your mind. Like you can't even... I mean, how do you write to the entire world? It's like writing an acceptance speech for a, for an award you never got, you know? So the more you can drill down, the easier it is. I love that. Um, so why do you think it's really important to have your website copy capturing your ideal client's attention right away? Well, because, you know, 
I don't know if you've heard this, Lisa, but there's a lot of competition in the in the photography industry. I've heard that <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, so that is that is why because you know when someone lands on your website, you have about depending on where you read it, anywhere from four to seven seconds to get someone's attention, and that's really hard to do because. You know, we all have similar feelings about the way why we are photographers and why we want to serve our clients. But finding that unique voice in, in, in a very short couple of sentences is where the gold is. So, and that's accomplished by, again, knowing who you're writing to, being true to your authentic voice, not being afraid of being who you are in your copy. Um, you know, I mean, don't, I mean, grammar is important. I am a little bit of a grammar snob, I'll admit that, but... When we're talking about conversion copy, which is exactly what website copy is, it is conversion copy because you want them to convert, to call you. You don't need to be as formal as you might think. And that's actually mm. where we start, like where I kind of slap people down and say, you, you, you need to talk to them like, 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 like an email from a bestie. That's how you want to talk to the, these people um, instead of being so like, you know, I serve blah, 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 blah. You need to get a little hard into there and you have very little real estate to do it. And that's why the homepage is, is such a struggle for a lot of people. Totally. And also about page writing about yourself can be crazy hard. And what I loved because I was reading your bio and um, avoiding the yoga and coffee <laughs> in your about page, which I was like, oh my God. I was like, did you read my about page? <laughs> I read every <laughs> photographer's about page. They all love yoga and coffee. And to the point where I was literally thinking I should open up a yoga studio just for photographers and just call it yoga and coffee since all of them, apparently that's all they do. So <laughs> it's so true. It is so true. We're all about the yoga and the coffee and wine and wine and wine. And, wine. <laughs> and it's not that that's not interesting. I mean, Yes, it's cool. You like coffee. I mean, most people do. But, you know, it's getting to the to the point where it's almost cliche. It's almost like the, yep. the 70s, you know, after the cake is gone and the flowers have wilted. What are you left but your memories? It's kind of the same thing. Like we need yeah. to think a little bit beyond all of that now. Yeah, I love it. I actually was surfing Instagram a couple days ago. And a friend of mine, Tana, actually from Winnie and Minnie, had done this incredible like things you might not know about me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. like this is brilliant. That stuff is because, so like, interesting. Right? Yeah. Like things like I was like, what? Like I, I'm an IVF mama. You're an IVF mama? Like what? <laughs> this is great. Like all these things I never would have, have thought. So I just like, I think like showing up and kind of peeling back the layers of the onion a little bit more to create those connections, I think is so vital and important especially when you're trying to you know woo someone because that's right. basically what we're trying to do as photographers who are trying to book clients is showing them who we are right. and what we can do yeah those um my friend jamie swanson who i think you know she calls those <gasps> i love jamie i love jamie big heart for jamie <laughs> um she calls those uncommon commonalities which i think is a great mm -hmm. phrase like the ivf thing like it instantly bonded you right like coffee isn't so bonding anymore it's not a big deal right so when you can find those little things you know that kind of shock people and go oh that's interesting about them it's always a winner i love that uncommon commonalities i'm yeah. looking for those bond those things that can bond right um yeah I, i'm sure that there's probably some really neat exercises that you can do just to like deep dive and try to find in your like your ideal client 
what are those things? Because I think that's where I would get hung up on is, okay, so these are like funny, quirky things about me. And these are things that I would like to attract to my ideal client is what is the words that I need to say to put exactly. together to, to, make, to connect them. Exactly. So I think that's where you come in. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. It's really just making you see different. Like a lot of people in their about me page, they start from the beginning, right? They say, when I was 12, um, I knew I loved photography and, you know, but that's not interesting. Like, right. Like, again, it's like, it's like coffee. Like you're going to read yeah. that so many photographers pages you know, you need to get into a little deeper, like what happened that day you came home from your first wedding and you realized that you were a photographer and people were going to pay you good cash money to do a job you loved? How did that feel? Where were you driving? What were you eating? Like that's the stuff, again, those uncommon commonalities are the little light switch for clients with, that really speaks more to their heart than it does, you know, the lattes and the, and, and mm -hmm. legs. <laughs> I love that. Beyond <laughs> lattes and leggings. I love that. <laughs> Somebody go grab that URL right now. Seriously, right? <laughs> I love it. Now, how do you think that photographers can position themselves through their copy to help clients switch from a cost mindset to a value mindset? Because I know that that can be a really big roadblock for clients, you know, looking at pricing and then they just get hung yep. up on that. For sure. And I see this a lot. And this is something that I, it's such a small thing, but it's so powerful. If they can see themselves in your pricing or in your offering, you're halfway there. Like sometimes on pricing, people will just be like, um, okay, so my maternity sessions includes an hour of my time and this and this and this and this and this, right? And they have, a, they have it bullet pointed out, all their services, price, and then the, the client is looking through that. But if you just take a couple sentences above it to describe who the ideal client is, this session is perfect for new moms who want to capture those first moments of baby's life. Together, we'll sit there. Uh, you'll have time to nurse your baby. We'll work through all the poses together. You're just giving them a little, it's called micro copy, a tiny little snippet mm. of what's going to happen at the session. They read that and they go, yes, that's me. I want that. And if you do that on all of your packages, going from the smallest to the largest, they're going to look through every single one of those packages and they're going to identify who they are before they even start looking at the price. I love that. It kind of reminds me a little bit of like when you go to a restaurant, you don't see on their menu chicken salad, lettuce, chicken, <laughs> tomatoes. Exactly. It's like, it's like, no, it's like these organic heirloom tomatoes imported from Italy right. with like these fresh iceberg lettuce, like and it, they actually like romance it to you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's a good way to put it. You got to romance the clients a little bit, especially in the pricing. Because I love it. yeah, they're going to look at the bottom line first. I'm not going to lie. They're yep. going to scan down to the bottom. They're going to look. And that's why I always say, you know, for your pricing, put your highest price or your most common price point with your highest lowest cost of goods and your highest profit margin in the middle. Cause they're going to go there first. They're going to look at the pricing and then they're going to scan back up and then they're going to try to find themselves within that copy. Totally. It's like, I know that even when I look at sales pages, I'm like, I go down, I'm like, okay, number one, tell me how much this is. Yep. Number two, tell me why I need this. So right. sell me, sell me on this and tell us how this is going to like really benefit and change me. Absolutely. So, right. Like, and so even like thinking from that mindset on copy, like I, it, I, I think it's just so fascinating. <laughs> it is. And you know, a good exercise is to read that copy. When you come along those sales pages, even the cheesy ones, read them, 
read them and and look at what they're doing. You will very quickly figure out that this is a formula. Um, writing sales pages is not rocket scientist and it works. And it will, even if you don't particularly like the style of writing, pay attention to what it's doing to your brain, like how you're starting to rationalize, kind of like Home Shopping Network, how they work, you know, there's a reason why they work. There's a reason why they sell a million, you know, shoes or whatever, because our brains are wired to understand words in a certain way. I love it. The psychology behind the selling is so fascinating. It is. Yeah. I love it. So what are three things photographers can do right away to start creating copy that resonates and converts? So the first thing you need to do is sit down and, and have a little chat with yourself about who your ideal client is. A good way I like to start with my clients when I'm sitting down with them, when I'm writing their copy is to say, tell me about a client you've had in the last year or two that was amazing. Tell me about them. And Nine out of 10 times, they'll start to tell me the, oh my gosh, it's, and they, they know right away and they start describing the person. And almost always it's, they let me do my thing. They totally trusted me. They just had a great time with them. It was like not even being with a client at all. And I'm like, okay, now tell me a little bit more about that person. Like, tell me what they do. What do they do for a living? So then we start breaking down even that. Do they have dogs? Oh, yeah, they have dogs. I have dogs. We talked about our dogs all the time. Okay. So now we're starting to understand the kind of people that you attract. So start there. And then uh, a lot of times what I find is photographers can tell me verbally from now until the end of tomorrow how they feel and what they want to say. But the minute their fingers hit the keyboard, they freeze because they feel like, how do I get all of this onto paper? So one of the... Um, tricks, I guess it is, I tell people to do is if you feel very overwhelmed by typing things out, you know, Google and Google Docs and Word both have voice to text feature. Just plug in your headset and start talking. Don't worry about how garbled it is or if it misses words. Don't, in fact, don't even watch it as you say it. Just start talking and do it in the room by yourself so you don't feel crazy. Start talking about the clients you want, what you want them to know, Try to talk for 10 to 15 minutes. Take a break, walk away from it, don't get it right away, and then come back. And then take a look at all those things you said, those smart things you said, and highlight them and pull those highlights out and then go back to your blank document and see if you can put together a couple paragraphs with that. That's a great start. I love that. Have you heard of the app called otter.ai? Uh, yes, I use that too, yeah. You can use otter too, yeah. I just learned about this one and I'm like, oh my gosh, because I love to go to, like on walks and listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. And so lots of my ideas happen when I'm, when I'm walking and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then auto corrected. Like, I'm like, that is not what I meant. <laughs> I was not talking about like furry grasshoppers, like jumping in right. the lake. Like, no, that had, no, yeah. that was not it. <laughs> yeah. Otter's great. And I, I use it. I use it with my clients all the time. Like when I send them transcripts. So, and it's free. I mean, if you, if you use it a lot, it's it's real expensive, like 10 bucks a month. But um, yeah. most people are, are fine with the free version. Totally. Now, beyond yoga pants and leggings and coffee, <laughs> what are some of the biggest coffee mistakes you often see on photographers' websites? Number one, no location on the homepage. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. I just did, I think, mm -hmm. 11 copy reviews in the last two weeks. And four of them did not have a location. And when I said, where are you located? They're like, well, it's, you know, 
I'm like, it's not on your homepage. Like, I don't know where you are. And if I don't know who you are, guess who else doesn't know where you are? Our friend Google. So, <laughs> so literally, if I were to go and type in Seattle wedding photography, you're not, there's no hope of you coming up anywhere near the first page. So that's the biggest thing, making sure that a location is on there. The second thing would be using overly wordy or flowery language, but not saying what you do. I create timeless memories for families who, who want to be sure that their memories are preserved for eternity. Okay, so what do you do? Why preserve timeless memories? Are you a scrapbooker? Are you a mortician? <laughs> are you like, <laughs> you know, you need to say, I'm a photographer. Then you can go ahead and talk about the timeless memories or whatever whatever the next part is. But you have to tell them somewhere very quickly that they, what you do, who you serve and what you do. So those are probably the biggest things. And then trying to break down how to say that in a way that's natural and not stilted. Now, do you, like, how important is blogging these days? Is blogging still, like, a thing? It's still a thing. <laughs> Clearly, I don't blog. <laughs> it's still a thing, Lisa. <laughs> I, well, you know, we do with the Milky Way. We are so good with blogging for the Milky Way. But honestly, like, my poor milk and honey photography yeah. business is, like, just the stepchild of, like, <laughs> this poor kid. Like, well, I will admit that my blog is a little bit of a stepchild because I write so many blogs for other people that some days I'm like, oh, man, I got to blog something. So here's the deal on blogging for photographers. <clears throat> the sessions that you're blogging, like, you know, your, your portrait sessions or your weddings, those are really for your clients. SEO-wise, not doing much for you. Used to be back in the day, we could write a bunch of articles, tag the venue, get a little love out of that. You know, there's so much competition, again, out there that it's pretty hard to rank for those. I'm not saying you shouldn't do them. You should. But I'm just saying you don't need to put a ton of time and effort into those. Um, a good little cheat on those is to ask your clients to write up a little blurb. Tell me how the was. Mm. Tell me what you love the most about your wedding. Then you can drop that in there. Say a couple nice things about them. Talk about what you love. Publish. Boom. Done. Right? So... They are helpful in terms of they keep your site fresh. You know, Google likes fresh content, but SEO-wise, not doing a lot. <clears throat> the things that really are the powerhouses are what we call cornerstone pieces, which are your 10 reasons to get engaged or 10 great places to get engaged in Los Angeles. They are harder to write for most people because they take time. They take research. Um, you have to say the right things, but they are the ones that are really great. So if you only do two or three of those a year, it's better than nothing. I mean, ideally you'd be pumping out at least one a quarter, but let's be real. You know, the other thing about them that I don't think people realize is you can take those blogs and repurpose them all over the place. You can pull them out and use them on social media. You know, you can just, you can use them over and over and over. You can link to them in your uh, inquiry emails you know, here's a blog I wrote about engagement sessions or whatever, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways you can use them that they pay you back when you take the time to invest them and write them. I love that. I love that idea. Cause I was like, Oh, like that would be really neat, especially for like a maternity or a newborn or a portrait client is like having that just little, thank you so much for your, 
you know, the session, here's like the steps that are going to happen next, but having that little, you know, they maybe even like a Google form that they can just fill out. Like, what was your favorite part of the session and have them fill it out right there. Like, I just think that's so brilliant. That's such a, that's oh, such a great way to get it right that. away and, at the session, all the better. Ooh. And make sure you let them know, like, um, I need you to fill this out so I can publish your blog. I mean, make it seem like mm. that's not going to happen if you, if you don't do it because you know, you want, you want to be fair, but you want them to, you want some of their words coming back. And also those words, you can use them for testimonials on your website. You can use those testimonials in social media. I'm huge on repurposing. Like there are so many ways to repurpose things that people just don't think of. I love that. This is such a fun conversation. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> now, what advice would you give to someone maybe who struggles with expressing themselves and maybe of the opinion, I'm just not a good writer? Well, you can hire someone quite honestly. You know, <laughs> I mean, I don't like yard work and I can do yard work. I could take an hour and go out and mow my lawn and pull weeds. But I don't like it. So it's a cost value kind of thing. In an hour, I could talk to two potential clients. I could get a blog written. I could send out an email to my list. I make more money doing that than I do cutting my lawn. So sometimes you have to say to yourself, is this worth paying someone who does this well to save me the time? So, you know, if you absolutely just hate writing, don't do it. Find someone to help you out. If you hate social media, get a VA. Have someone help you. Someone who does it, who loves it. It, it will take so much stress off of you. When I was a photographer, I put off outsourcing my editing for probably five years longer than I should have. And when mm -hmm. I finally did, I was like, I was like ready to outsource my children. Like I was like, who can I pay <laughs> to take care of these children? You know, and because I realized like, how it freed me up, not only mentally, but also I was making more money. Like I was more profitable, which was you. Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty incredible when you start to realize the areas of your life that are bogging you down, that you don't, that don't bring you joy, that you actually don't have to do. Like, you know, you can figure out ways of building that into your pricing with your like VA, your editing, um, and just finding those ways that you can just stay in your zone of genius. Absolutely. I mean, every year on my birthday, I give up something. I do. <sighs> like I gave up cleaning my bathtub. COVID kind of ruined that. Like I actually had to clean my bathtub for the <laughs> oh, first time in 10 years. <laughs> toilets. <laughs> toilets. <laughs> I've been cleaning toilets. <laughs> I was like, I miss my, some people miss their hairdresser. I miss my cleaning lady. Like it was like sobbing. So, but yeah, I give up stuff. Cause like, to me, there's nothing more freeing than not having to do something you don't want to do anymore. I no longer go to baby showers. Sorry. I don't go to parades. Don't like them. You know, I mean, so when people ask me, I can have a funny conversation and say, oh, I'm sorry. I gave up parades when I turned 39, you know. So, and I think you like should that. do that with your business, too. I think every year you should pick something and be like, I no longer do that. I am no longer the CEO of that. I love it. I am no longer the, longer the CEO. And it's not delegating the responsibility of it. It's just, you know, you're delegating right. the task. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about storytelling because I know the power of storytelling is really important. And I know it's 
super important in photographer's copy. Can you touch a little bit on that? So storytelling is a big buzzword. I mean, a lot of people know about Donald Miller and his story brand and it's an excellent Mm -hmm. book. And if you don't really understand the concept of storytelling, it's great. Pick it up, read through it. It basically teaches you that there is a line to almost every book, almost every movie that you see and how it works again on our brains. Um, and I think sometimes that's a little overwhelming with for photographers and they think, well, how am I going to position myself for that? The problem I see again is photographers, like a lot of people tend to be very linear in their thinking. And when they start a story, they start from the beginning. And that's not usually the most interesting part. So when we're talking about stories, I encourage them to write out their story and then I'll look for it and immediately somewhere I'll be like, here's the story right here. Don't you see it? And then when I point it out, they go, oh, and it's almost somewhere right in the middle because that's when you're getting to the part where you've taken the beginning and the end and you've condensed it into this meaty little gorgeous paragraph that tells the whole story without the top and the bottom. And that's really art of storytelling especially when you're talking about copy i love it do you have a master class at all i don't have a master class so master class is um is sort of like a i guess it's a membership site where they have all these all these different programs and stuff and i recently watched one by david sedaris who is like that quirky writer and i i stayed up late watching this amazing master class on storytelling with him He's amazing. And it was so yeah. good. And listeners, like, he's so quirky. Like, if you want just, like, something to do besides Netflix, <laughs> um, seriously, binge on Masterclass because they've got some really, really interesting episodes on there. And the one on storytelling I found to be totally fascinating. Yeah, he's a master. Um, I'll never forget, I was driving to Myrtle Beach with my kids and they were younger, like, maybe eight and 11. And I had on one of his books and they were laughing harder than I think I've ever heard them laugh. And ever since then, they've been huge fans. And I mean, even if like young children can understand his brilliance, like, and and getting to that level is like, I think it's a little bit of crazy genius. Um, You don't need to aspire to that. (laughs) But it is really, like you said, it's great to, to read that kind of stuff and to realize how powerful words can be in such small little snippets like he does. Completely. I remember I was at um, a conference in 2013. I think it was called the World Domination Summit. And so I was there and there was a lady teaching about the hero's journey mm-hmm. by Joseph Campbell. And that was just, I was like, it was like, you know, like the red pill or the blue pill in the matrix. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's like yeah. something you can't unsee now. No, it, it ruins every Disney movie you'll ever see for the rest of your life. But, you know. <laughs> seriously, do you want to share a little bit what The Hero's Journey is by Joseph Campbell? Sure. So basically what it does, and this is similar story brand, is, is very similar to that. That there's a hero in every journey. And then there's, at some point, they're going to come up some sort of a conflict. And how that conflict is resolved is how the story is told and why it makes it compelling. Because without a hero and without some sort of subject they come up against, it's really boring, right? It's not really a story. It's just sort of life. I mean, (laughs) so that's why it can be so powerful because it's interesting. Um, You get to know the hero. You get to like the hero sometimes. Um, 
And then you could just see how the conflict is resolved. Now there are, you know, there are other ways and people who write really successfully, Stephen King would be one of them. Like his heroes are not always likable. And that is, that is some really good writing when you can get into that sort of mindset. So, so that's a very drilled down version of a hero's (laughs) journey, but it's a great thing to read to kind of turn your mind around to writing differently. I love it. When I realized, I was like, oh my gosh, there's a formula. Yeah. There's a formula. It's like almost everything. Right. And so like when you like, when you find out all these like little secrets, I just get, I get like, I'm like a kid in a candy store. Like I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Now, what pitfalls or maybe some cliches should photographers be avoiding? (laughs) I know we talked, we touched on a couple, but. We touched on a couple. We touched on a couple. Um, You know, it just, again, if you go to someone's about me and you love it, the reason why you love it is because you can hear their voice in it. So by saying the same things they do in a different way, that's what makes it uninteresting and cliche, you know, and I have seen a big, I have seen a big movement away from cliche. I would guess in the last couple of years, because people seem to be a little bit more sensitive to it, but cliche never resonates with your clients. It just doesn't, you know, I mean, if you buy, you can buy templates, you know, there's nothing wrong with them, I guess. But the thing is, is they're never going to attract the kind of people you want. And you're going to end up working with whoever wants to hire you. And then that makes you a commodity. And I don't know about you, but as a photographer, I never wanted to be a commodity. I never wanted to be what I call the spreadsheet photographer. I had a client who came in once and he literally had a spreadsheet of me and all my competitors. And he showed me like, well, so-and-so charges this. And he had done it like an Excel spreadsheet, which right away I was like checked out. And yeah. you know, I was like, <laughs> that's, that's what using cliches does. Like it, it, it means the person who's looking for you isn't really looking for you. They're just looking for the best price in town. Mm, so, so true. Now, how can photographers practice becoming better writers? Well, just like anything else, you got to write more. (laughs) You have to sit down and, and, and show people you're writing, like ask them. And I'm not talking about like, even like a professional copywriter, just your friends, you know, do you write emails? Do you, do you write a note to a friend? You send out a card just so you can, because it's just like, it's just like riding a bike, right? If you stop doing it, you're not going to get any better. And Again, with with copy, especially conversion copywriting, like you just said, there's a formula, you know, and it needs to have your voice, but it isn't as hard as you think once you understand the formula. Because once you understand the formula, you can say, okay, what are the three pillars that I I want everyone to know about me? And you can kind of plug them into that that formula. Um, But yeah, it's just practice. Unfortunately, there's no magic pill that will make you a writer. <laughs> I often will uh, use my f- personal Facebook page, as you as you've seen, yes. as sort of my kind of practice sounding board for my voice. Yeah. So that's been an area that I've personally been using. Yeah, and that's great. Uh, you know, some people have a big hang up about putting stuff on Facebook. I obviously do not. So. And- <laughs> So if that's your outlet, go for it. You know, I mean, wherever you feel comfortable writing, do it. I love it. 
Now, how can being an original or different or unique actually be your secret sauce and secret weapon? It is 100% your secret sauce because it's going to get you the clients you want and the money you want, period, end story. Because if they are hiring you for you, they can't get you anywhere else. They can't clone you. They can't duplicate you. You know, they're paying for you, your expertise, your personality, you're paying for the whole package. And if you're a thousand dollars more than a photographer whose work they think is just as good, and they're going to come to you and say, well, we like you a lot better. We'd really rather work with you, but she's a thousand dollars cheaper. You don't want those clients. I mean, you just don't. You want the people who are going to be like, the experience is going to be worth it. And you, part of that is your photos, of course, because you can be as nice as you want, but if somebody just doesn't like your photos that much, you know, so the photos are, are, are only a small part of it. It's, it's the entire experience that you have to look for. I love it. There was a quote that I saw, I think it was yesterday, and it was actually more about relationships, but you just kind of made my head think a little bit. It was like, be with someone who gives you that same feeling of having your food come at a restaurant. <laughs> I was like, I was like, but what if like what, that was like for your clients? Like, work with clients that give you that same feeling, yeah. that, like a food coming at the restaurant. Yeah, <laughs> like oh yay, yeah, and, right. And sometimes that that back. I mean, I remember so vividly a client who she was going to hire me, she was going to hire me, and then she dropped off the face of the earth and ghosted. And I finally got a hold of her, and she admitted to me that they were going to hire someone else. Uh, they liked me a lot better, but they liked this other person's photos better. She's like, I just came down to a stylistic thing. And I was like, that's so fine. Like, I was like happy because there's nothing I can do to make myself that kind of a photographer, you know? And it, it just goes down to all of that. Like, if you're if you're trying to find the awesome secret sauce, you can't do it by changing yourself. Mm-mm. Oh, I love that. Now, what advice would you give to someone that needs to overhaul their website, mm, as I'm pushing my fingers <laughs> at myself, um, but feels overwhelmed and doesn't know where to start? So a couple things. A lot of times what I find is people who need to overhaul their websites really need to simplify their websites. They've got 50 million tabs, subcategories, blah, blah, blah. So when people are like that, the first thing I tell them is, before copy, think about design. Talk to maybe a website designer. I mean, if you can't afford to have one done or it's just not in the budget, that's fine. But at least pay for a consultation so they can give you a site map and say, here's what you should have. Because sometimes that takes the overwhelm. It cuts it in half. Because have you noticed like websites are getting more and more and more bare bones? Copy is getting more bare bones too. Yep. It's so weird to me that half the time when I am writing someone's website, they are paying me to literally take out three quarters of their words <laughs> and yep. and say it more concisely and with more, you know, um, look and feel to their brand. So that's the first place to start. And then start with the pages that are easiest. Pricing is pretty straightforward, right? You know, you want to add in what we talked about earlier, the little qualifier showing them who, who they are and what what package they should go towards start with your contact page make your contact page fun you know and then move on to the harder ones the home page the about page and go from there and 
you know, if you just cannot stand one part of it, you can't hire it out. You can pay someone just to write your about me. I write them all the time. So if you're like, yeah, I'm pretty good with everything, but the about me is just driving me crazy. So hard to write about yourself. Then find someone to do it for you. Love it. So my question is, what are you curious about right now? Oh, wow. I am curious. <laughs> I am, I'll tell you, I am curious about the changes to the wedding industry, like what we're going to see. And I'm, I'm not mad curious. I wasn't, I was mad curious. I was mad, but now I'm more like, what are these amazing people going to do to change this industry? Because I think we're going to see a shift, not only in the minds of wedding couples, but in vendors. Yeah. And I am really curious to see how this is going to evolve. I completely agree. Like the innovations that are going to be changing, even like in the portrait world, I don't, do you know Terry um, Ledgerwood yeah. or T Terry mm -hmm. Hoffer? I love her. She's, she's just incredible. But the changes that she's done on doing these like virtual yeah. webcam sessions and like all these things that, you know, out of, you know, crisis or change or like confusion, how innovation yes. happens. And it's like, you know, diamonds are made from yep. pressure. So, I mean, I don't like what I'm, I don't like a lot of what I'm seeing. And I mean, none of us do, but yep. you know, every few years, something shakes up the industry. You know, I'm, I'm old enough to remember when digital mm -hmm. started and we all had to hang mm -hmm. up our film cameras. You know, I thought that was the big cleanse, you know, and that's what we've got going on now has nothing on that. But what happened from that was different genres of photography, right? Like photojournalism did not, it wasn't even a blip on the radar of photographers, you know, before digital and Dennis Reggie and all those pioneers came on the scene. And from then they grew into, you know, the whole Southern California rock star. And, you know, I mean, every single year we've seen something, but I don't think it's going to be anything compared to what we're going to see soon. Different world. So my friend, where can our listeners learn more from you and about you? Oh, sure. I'd love more friends. Um, <laughs> so my, um, my done for you service is called red curl creative. And that's because of my hairs. And that is if you want to hire me to write your website, your about me, your blogs, that sort of thing. Then I also have another little business on the side called Write Better Words. And that is my, uh, it's only a couple weeks old, but that is where I help photographers and wedding professionals learn how to write better words. And um, I have a Facebook group and we're working on a course right now. Um, but so you can find me on the Facebook cart. If you just type in write better words, you'll see Kim Anderson after that. Just request to join the group. I'll let you in. I've got a freebie called Profitable Packages, How to Move Them from Price to Value that you can have for download. And mostly we just hang out and we talk about, you know, different little prompts on, you know, I'll drop a little thing in here, like put drop a GIF if you've got your location on your homepage, like we talked about, just little things that I see a lot that I think you can fix yourself. Because just like, you know, do you remember back in the day when we bought a website and they were like $5,000? Yes. <laughs> Right. Yes. Like I paid Blue Domain <laughs> so much money. And anytime I wanted to change anything, like, oh, I think I want to add a portrait tab or whatever, I would have to email them, 
wait until they updated it. Well, that's not how it is anymore, right? Now you can go in and change your website with a couple clicks. I would like for people to feel secure enough in their own writing so that if they decide, you know what, I'm going to do a mini session or I'm going to do this, that they would feel like their copy sounded like them, that it was the right hitting the right pain points. I want to work with people so that they feel that way. So they're not constantly every two or three years having to hire a copywriter. And again, you know, something like this hits, a global pandemic hits, and all of a sudden you think, hey, yeah, so maybe micro weddings are a thing, right? And you need to add a micro wedding tab to your page that you feel the confidence to be able to go and do that yourself without having to pay someone. I love it. This has been such a fun conversation. It has. Love it. Thank you for having me. Well, (laughs) thank you for joining me. Wasn't that such a fun episode, you guys? So many great nuggets of why your copy matters. Okay, friends, it's notebook time. If you feel so inclined, pull out your notebook. And what I would love for you to do is think about that last amazing client you had. What did you love about them? Why were they an amazing client? What about them and their characteristics would you like more of as clients? I think this is such a simple yet transformational exercise to get a little clearer about who you want to serve with your business. Sending you so much of my light today and every day. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening today. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And I would love if you would leave a review. It truly helps other photographers discover this podcast.